This is the Education Exchange with Paul Peterson. I am the senior editor at Education Next. Thank you for joining us. Charter enthusiasts say that these schools will not only give choice opportunities for those who want them, but that charter schools will lift the quality of education for all students, no matter what school they attend. The competition between charters and district schools will induce both kinds of schools to do better, simply to attract as many students to them as possible. But the critics of charters say quite the opposite. It's much more likely as charters expand in number and size, district schools will lose their most engaged students and families, district revenues will fall, and district schools will be unable to provide an adequate education for those left behind. Now that charters constitute about 6% of all public school children nationwide and a much higher percentage in some school districts, it's possible to put these claims and counterclaims to the test. What happens to the performance of all students when charters constitute a larger share of a district's enrollment? That's the question addressed by David Griffith, a research associate at the Fordham Institute and author of a recent study entitled Rising Tide, Charter School Market Share and Student Achievement. Griffith has taken advantage of some newly available data to find out what happens to all students, both those in charter schools and those in district schools within all the urban school districts in the United States. He looks at the variation that occurs in student achievement when charters take a larger share of the uh, school enrollment. So today I have uh, David Griffith with me on the Education Exchange, and we have an opportunity to discuss this truly important question. Thank you, David, for joining me. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Paul. Well, David, first I want to ask you the most general question. What happens to the students in general in an urban school district, both those in charters and in district schools, when the charter share in that district increases? Great. Uh, so the short version is uh, that uh, overall achievement increases, uh, at least in English language arts. Um, so uh, if we think about uh, a, a school district, we typically think of it as a particular uh, uh, area that is governed by a district, right? But for the purposes of this study, um, we looked at what we're calling geographic school districts. Uh, and a geographic school district includes not only uh, the traditional public school district, but also any charter schools uh, that are in the area. Uh, and so the outcome that we're interested in in this case is average test scores across uh, all students, all publicly enrolled students, uh, including both the kids who are in charter schools and the kids who are in traditional public schools. So why did you leave the private schools out of the picture? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, well, that would be an even more complete study. Uh, unfortunately, that's just a really difficult question to answer. Um, I think the short version is uh, that because charter schools are public schools, uh, they are uh, typically subject to the same accountability requirements that other public schools are, meaning they take the same tests. Um, and so what is really fantastic about this uh, new data source, um, which we are indebted uh, to uh, the folks at Stanford for, um, is that it uh, essentially allows us to compare uh, the achievement of uh, all students in public schools, including charters and traditional public schools, uh, across state lines. Um, and this so is- So the, the short yeah. answer to the question, <laughs> private schools, you just don't have the information on. We don't, we don't have the information, that's right. So you're working on the, on the public sector, which is 92% of all students, so private sector is 8% about. 
So you're looking at the public school students, and, but you include the charters and the district schools all together, everybody who's going to school in that particular school district, no matter which school they're going to. That's right. Uh, and when we look at that, what we find is that as the uh, percentage of students to attend a charter school uh, moves uh, from zero to 50% uh, within a geographic school district, uh, this is associated uh, with uh, perhaps a quarter or a third of a grade level uh, increase in English language arts achievement um, and uh, a statistically insignificant increase uh, in math. So, so you're seeing some benefits in, in uh, reading, what we used to call reading. Yeah. Uh, now they call it English language arts. But in reading, you see some improvement, but not in math. Uh, and so how do you calculate this a third of a year of learning or something, you know, what, how do you get that number? Yeah, so uh, it, to be clear, we're talking about average achievement here, right? So when we say all students, we don't literally mean that every student necessarily benefited, right? I don't think there's a single intervention out there uh, that, that necessarily benefits every student. But uh, basically, uh, we have the ability to uh, look at uh, the achievement of um, the average achievement in a district, uh, and uh, we, can, we can measure that in grade levels. In other words, uh, in this case, a grade level is uh, how much progress the average student in America made uh, in the average district in the average year. Uh, and so uh, when I say that uh, uh, average achievement increases by half a grade level, that's what I mean. Uh, you can imagine, uh, or a quarter of a grade level. So you can imagine uh, a student who uh, was achieving uh, at a fourth grade level uh, is now achieving uh, about like you would expect them to uh, achieve uh, around the Christmas break of fifth grade. So now, if that's is that statistically significant that that gain? Yes, on the English language arts side, it is. So for all students, you're seeing at least some benefits in in reading why do you why do you think you're getting more uh, benefits in reading than in math because mostly schools are supposed to be having bigger effects in math performance and reading performance so this is a little bit the opposite of what you usually learn from a study yeah that's a great question paul um first let me point out that this is not the first study to find something like this uh for charter schools uh, if you're familiar with the credo research uh you know that they also find they find more positive effects in uh reading than they do in math um it's very unusual right i, I don't think that's true of many other interventions um my my personal guess if, if i had to guess uh would be uh that it has something to do with uh language um for example uh you know we've got uh many kids, increasing number of kids who are English language learners. Um, they seem to do very well, according to Credo, uh, and we see very positive impacts uh, in English language arts uh, for Hispanic kids. Uh, so, you know, I'm out of sort of my area of expertise here, but it certainly seems possible to me um, that if you're an English language learner uh, in a classroom with 24 other English language learners, you may not get the, the sort of attention that you want. Um, your teacher may not be trained the right way. Um, and whereas if you go to a school uh, that caters specifically to your community um, and is designed to help you learn English as, as quickly as possible, uh, it, it's possible that that actually really makes a big difference and that you can make a lot more progress. So I, honestly, we don't know. 
Um, but, but that would be my personal guess. Right, but there is one important finding here, and that is that there's no negative effects in either math or in reading. If there's any effect at all, it's on the positive side. So that really does address one of the major complaints about charter schools, that they're really having an overall negative effect. It might be fine for a few kids, the ones who get the chance to go to charter schools, but they're having a generally negative effect on our educational system. So that's really addressing a fundamental question that we really need to know an answer to. Yeah, that's right. And I think part of the reason that I decided to do this study um, was my sort of frustration that that message was getting lost. Um, you can think about uh, a lot of the charter school research up to this point as really falling into two camps, right? Camp one is uh, the impact of attending, uh, actually enrolling in a charter school. Uh, and there's many studies that suggest uh, that that is a positive impact, at least for uh, low-income kids, students in, in uh, sort of highly urban communities. Uh, and then a second line of research that says, well, uh, charter schools uh, have either a neutral or a very slightly positive impact on achievement in traditional public schools. Um, although there's a few studies uh, that, that find negative effects, uh, the bulk of the literature finds positive effects. Well, if you put those two things together, then logically, uh, it should be the case uh, that overall uh, achievement goes up. Um, and yet, I think there are very, very few studies that have looked at that. Um, and I think because that's the case, it may not be immediately obvious uh, to, to people who don't follow this debate closely, um, just what the implications of these two lines of research are. Well, you know, I think it's a really important uh, contribution that you, that you did pull this together. So now you do break things out by ethnic background. You, you break it out by African-American uh, or black students and Hispanic students and white students. And um, for white students, you're actually not getting any positive effects. I, I noticed that, the, you know, nothing statistically significant is showing up in your data set, but it, if anything, it's a minus sign. That's it, the, the, the line does, if you look only at white students, and you do look only at white students, you don't see much benefit. In fact, you might be seeing some negative benefits. Yep, that's right. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, Again, it's not entirely clear why that is. Um, one possibility is that uh, traditional public schools are already serving uh, white students reasonably well. Um, and so uh, there simply isn't as much room for improvement there. Uh, another possibility, obviously, if, you, if you're familiar with this debate, then you know uh, that charter schools in many places uh, are underfunded. Um, so it may simply be the case uh, that these schools have the potential to serve white kids well, um, but they don't have the resources. Um, and then I think I mean, one other point that's worth making is uh, that uh, whereas the uh, charter attendance in the African American and uh, Latino communities is highly concentrated uh, in urban areas, uh, that is less true for uh, white students. And so you have more suburban schools, uh, you have more uh, highly rural schools. Um, and I think there's a case for choice in those communities. Um, but for obvious reasons, uh, it's, it's not clear that the market will work as well there. Um, it, it may be harder um, to sort of bring new uh, teaching talent into the profession. Um, so for all of these reasons, it, it's possible that, that charters simply aren't doing uh, as much good for white students yet. So for black and Hispanic students, though, you're showing some positive effects. What specifically are you showing for for black students. Uh, let's start with the African-American students first. 
Yeah. So for African-American students, uh, the first thing to observe is that there's a major difference between uh, urban uh, and suburban uh, districts. So in suburban districts, we don't find any uh, effect one way or the other. Uh, however, in urban districts, uh, we find uh, a significant positive effect on average black achievement uh, in both subjects, that is in reading and in math. Uh, and depending on how you slice the sample, uh, the, the exact size of that um, may be larger or smaller. Um, but I, on average, I think it's fair to say that moving from zero to 50% uh, charter market share in uh, urban areas uh, increases black achievement by about half a grade level. Um, and so just to put that in a little bit more context, um, we're talking about all kids' achievement, right? Uh, so in other words, it could be that, uh, that African-American students at charters are gaining an entire grade level, uh, and there's no effect on uh, on students in traditional public schools. Um, alternatively, it could be uh, that there's some positive effect in both. Um, but either way, uh, the implication is that uh, an intervention that we're only applying to half of kids uh, is raising achievement um, by nearly half a grade level. Uh, and, and that is a big deal. Uh, if you think about anything else, um, take for example a curriculum, right? Um, it, 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 a math curriculum that we think is effective. If you only applied that curriculum to <laughs> half of the kids in a district, uh, I think you'd be very surprised uh, if it raised overall achievement um, by half a grade level. Uh, and yet that's what we're seeing. So I think- it's Well, of course, everybody is affected here by this intervention because yeah. even those who, who aren't going to a charter school are being, I mean, that's what the theory says. The theory says that there will be effects on those, either both sides agree to this, that the, the effects are gonna be on students who are not uh, directly impacted by the intervention. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and if you know, if you um, if you pressed me, I would say it seems like the evidence suggests uh, that most of these effects uh, are driven by uh, improvements for the kids who are attending charters, uh, as opposed to the kids who are remaining in traditional public schools. Uh, it seems like many of those kids. Um, it, it seems possible that those kids aren't seeing much of an effect one way or the other. But uh, if that's the case, then yeah. why is it that the effects are so much bigger in urban areas than in suburban areas? I mean, we're talking about black students in suburban areas, we're talking about black students in urban areas, and you're seeing big effects in the urban areas, but not in the suburban areas. Uh, so there must be something more going on there than just what's going on in the charter school. Yeah, it's, it, is, it, it certainly could be. Um, I think it is possible to explain these effects uh, sort of only through the impact of charters. Um, it's probably more likely that there is some positive effect on uh, traditional public school districts, uh, that they are, uh, you know, responding in, in sort of a competitive fashion, um, as you suggested. We can't distinguish between those two hypotheses. Um, and in a way, I got to be honest, I think it's kind of behind, beside the point, right? Um, you know, there's always this, this question of, um, you know, are, are kids in traditional public schools being left behind? Uh, as though somehow it would be bad if we only managed to uh, help half of America's um, low-income kids uh, achieve on grade level and, 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 and enter the middle class. I, that's a crazy point of view, all right? <laughs> the only thing that should matter uh, is that overall achievement, uh, in this case for African-American students, is going up. That's, that's the relevant policy question, right? How it's divided between the sectors. I, I get why people care about that, but ultimately it strikes me as irrelevant. 
Well, you mentioned low income. Now, do you have data on the impacts on low income students? So I can share sort of um, preliminary estimates there, right? So as we were uh, releasing the report, um, they were the the sort of new new data was being released that allowed for that. Um, and so I can tell you that the impacts are, are similar, right? Um, it looks like uh, economically disadvantaged kids also see uh, an increase of perhaps um, a quarter to a half a grade level. Um, I don't want to get too far out over my skis there um, because uh, it, it's, it's more difficult to analyze uh, socioeconomic status um, because we don't what are you using as your indicator free and reduced lunch or something or you have another measure yeah that's what we're using um uh the the challenge is that we don't necessarily have that information by grade level um uh within schools so it's it's more difficult um you can't connect it uh we do not have charter market share uh for free and reduced price lunch um so we can look at the impact of overall charter uh, market share on uh free and reduced price lunch students um, and when we do that, we find uh, positive effects, um, uh, but it's sort of harder to tease out exactly how that's happening. So, uh, but before we pursue uh, that, uh, that question, because uh, I do want to talk about these grade level effects that you just mentioned, but we, we don't want to forget the increasingly significant Hispanic population, which has grown enormously in our public school system over the last 15 years. And your results for uh, Hispanic students are, are even more favorable than for black students, if, if I'm reading your report correctly. Yep, that's right. Um, so, yes, so first of all, that's correct. Uh, when we look at specifically at Hispanic students, um, we see remarkably large uh, positive effects, uh, particularly in English language arts, um, but in more urban areas, we also see them in math. Uh, and these effects really are quite striking. Um, if you take them at face value, they suggest that moving from zero to 50% uh, charter market share within the Hispanic community uh, could boost uh, ELA achievement by an entire grade level, um, which is, is fairly remarkable. Um, I, I think the only, the only caveat I have there, the only sort of note of caution I would sound is that, um, you know, we don't have uh, as high charter penetration for Hispanic students, um, as we do for some of these other groups. Uh, so, you know, we're sort of making some assumptions here, right? Um, and uh, so it is possible for all of these groups that as charter market share increases uh, to 50 or 60 or 70%, um, that we may see diminishing returns. Uh, but we didn't see that in the report. Well, you know, you don't have too many observations out there at the 50% level or the 40% level. I mean, most of these uh, observations that you have, most cities in the country or most districts in the country have enrollments that are more like, you know, a 6% average. You're not going to have very many out there on the far extreme. So, you know, extrapolating too far out to the edges of a distribution uh, may, be, uh, may be a little bit reckless. Uh, wouldn't you agree to that? I, I do agree. Um, so there's a trade-off here, right? Uh, the smaller the district is, uh, the sort of higher we can observe uh, charter market share, right? So for example, if you have uh, districts with 100 Hispanic students, there are many of those districts uh, where we do see 50% charter market share. Uh, the trouble is they're so small that it's sort of difficult to take the estimates seriously. Uh, the district is a uh, little more than a school. Um, there are probably kids moving in and out of it. 
Um, our data aren't perfect, so um, they're kind of noisy for those little districts. Um, conversely, uh, you know, when you look at the bigger districts, I would say the estimates are much more credible, right? Um, you, uh, there are fewer kids moving in and out. If you think about, for example, uh, Los Angeles County, um, you know, you may get a few kids moving across district borders on the edges, um, uh, but it's plausible to consider the, the district sort of almost like a closed system. Um, the trouble is that when you look at the biggest districts, uh, you do not see, as you mentioned, um, sort of the same uh, charter penetration. So you're right. Um, when we look at the really big districts, um, we, we are down to sort of a handful, maybe five to 10 districts um, that are really uh, have made it to 25, 35, 45% uh, charter market share. Um, so, you know, that's, that's life. Uh, it, in social science, we, we sort of never really uh, get all the answers uh, that we want. We don't get the level of certainty that we would like. Uh, but it's nevertheless, it's the case that, um, you know, the evidence we do have for these from these districts is extremely positive. So now I noticed you looked at uh, basically uh, districts of a certain size and, and larger. I think you had to have 500 students in a grade level yep. in order to be included in your study. And some people would say, well, you really need to look at the whole range of variation in a country uh, in order to get a good estimate here. How many, actually, how many students, are, of all the charter students in the United States, how many are in your study? Is that 50%, yeah. 75%, what's the, what's the percentage? Yeah, it's more like 90%. <laughs> um, and so there are, one of the strange things about doing a district level analysis uh, is that there are uh, thousands of really little districts um, that educate very few students. And uh, so I don't want to dismiss the kids in those districts, right? Obviously um, their education counts just as much as anyone else's. Um, but if you, if you sort of allow those districts to be part of the analysis, uh, they will swamp uh, the bigger districts like Chicago and LA and New York. Um, and, and the truth is, you know, we should care more about the big, big districts, right? If you can fit a thousand little districts in a big district, um, you probably should care more about what happens uh, in, uh, in New York City uh, than in some of these littler districts. Um, but you could weight your observations by the uh, size of the enrollment. That is another strategy to include. That's another all, strategy. But yeah, we weight, weight them accordingly. Did that's right. That? Yeah, we we've tried that, um, and uh, if anything, the uh, the estimates are more positive uh, in in nearly every case. Uh, when you weight by enrollment, uh, the estimates go up, um, and so uh, that's a, that's a fair point. Uh, it's not you know I, I don't, don't want to give an impression that. Uh, we can precisely quantify, right, the gains that a particular district will see if it moves to 50% um, charter market share. Uh, we can't. Um, uh, but I would say that the estimates I've, I've mentioned so far are probably conservative. So what do you say, think are the policy implications of all of this? What, what's your, what conclusions do you draw? <laughs> Well, it's not rocket science, right? Um, I mean, the implication here is, is pretty straightforward. Uh, kids seem to be making uh, a lot of uh, more progress, uh, black and brown kids in particular, uh, in, uh, as in places that have sort of thrown caution to the winds uh, a little bit and uh, embraced really um, high levels of, of uh, charter penetration. Um, you know, if 25% if is good, 
then 50% is better, right? Um, I, I think going into this study, it was an open question for me um, whether we would sort of continue to see gains, right? Because you can imagine, um, you can imagine reasons why uh, you might see big gains for the first 10% of kids, um, but not such big gains uh, moving from 40 to 50%. Um, that, that's a plausible hypothesis. Uh, but as far as I can tell, um, that's not what we see. Uh, it seems that uh, the more kids are enrolled in charters, uh, the more they learn, the more everyone learns. Uh, and so uh, I feel pretty confident saying that um, we should be embracing this um, and we should be pursuing it more aggressively. And basically, we should be doing the opposite of uh, what everyone uh, in politics seems to be suggesting, which is- So why is the mood so different from, if the data suggests this, then why is it that there's so much resistance to further charter school expansion? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know that there is so much resistance in some quarters, right? I mean, if you, if you pull African-American parents uh, and Hispanic parents, they seem to have gotten the memo, right? Uh, they seem to be in favor of it. Uh, I do think there's been a fairly sustained um, uh, campaign uh, against charters um, by the unions. Um, and I think it probably has had an impact, uh, at least on the perception of sort of middle-class white parents. Um, and, and I, you know, I'm not sure what to say about that, except that, uh, you know, the, the, the truth will win out in the long run. <laughs> um, and, and, uh, that, uh, you know, if you get enough studies, uh, saying essentially, um, that this is a good thing, uh, that, that hopefully, uh, people will pay attention. Well, thank you, David, for sharing your results with us on the Education Exchange. Uh, I've been speaking with David Griffith, research associate at the Fordham Institute and author of a new report entitled Rising Tide, Charter School Market Share and Student Achievement. Thank you, David. Thanks so much for having me, Paul. I am Paul Peterson. This is the Education Exchange. Please join me every Monday at noon when our weekly podcast is released on the Education Next website.